Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We're in a sermon series called Life Together on Mission. Together, we're learning to join Jesus in his mission in this world. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, everybody. So good to gather with you today. Uh, my name is Brian, one of the pastors here. So good uh, to be here. Last week, I did the uh, ministry opportunity, some announcements. During that time, I mentioned how I was born into the Cherry Hills family. Our renewed vision touches the past, but looks to the future. And so I, I was born in the Cherry Hills family in 1975. Somebody gave me a pictorial directory, and it just so happened to remind me that I was part of a cherub choir, an angel choir. Uh, you should never call a kid's choir an angel choir. But uh, I was part of an angel choir. Choir and they dressed us up, if you remember, in like puffy shirts and, and a dress and big bows. And I've had so many people, it's amazing, right? I've had so many people this week ask me if they could see a picture of that. <laughs> and so I thought, man, instead of addressing this individually with one fell swoop, I'm just going to put this on the screen. <laughs> and so that's, that's the picture. Yeah. You know what's merciful about that picture is it's cut off at the waist. The, the dress is not part of it. If you could uh, magnify my face right now, my eyes twitching just a little bit. Um, but there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 9. It's in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. If you don't have a Bible, we have black Bibles in the seat rack in front of you. I want to invite you to take one of those out. Luke chapter 9. You can, oh, it's not on the front, it's just on the back. I was going to say, please take that picture down. Uh, Luke chapter 9 can be found on page 841. If you don't have a Bible, please take that Bible home with you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. And as we walk through Scripture today, I always think it's a great idea to have the Bible open so you can circle things or take notes uh, or whatever God might be speaking to you as we do this. So today we begin a, a six-week series called Life Together on Mission. And what we're going to be learning is we're learning to join Jesus in his mission in this world. Specifically, we're going to look at five practices or habits that we see in the life of Jesus that can help us engage those around us. This is so important that every age group in our church is doing this. The kids are doing this down the hall and downstairs. The middle schoolers will be doing this on Wednesday nights. The high schoolers are doing this on Sunday nights, and us adults are doing this on Sunday mornings and then in small groups during the week. We believe some great conversations can take place as all ages study this together. The reason we want to focus on this right out of our renewed vision is we believe the go. Jeff shared last week we have a strategy of gather, grow, and go. We believe the go part of that is where we see our greatest untapped potential to join Jesus and his mission. One of the reasons I say that is because the culture we live in. So I want to do just a, a brief cultural analysis with you. Some of you may know this already. For some of you, this might be new, but it puts this in context of why what we're doing is so important. The, the culture we live in now, you just need to know this. We live in a post-Christian culture. We live in a post-Christian culture. And what I mean by that is we no longer live in a culture where there is an agreed-upon set of values and morality. We no longer live in a culture where people look to the church for values and ethics, which was the case in the past. People now perceive the church, we just need to know this, people now perceive the church as having nothing to offer them 
or nothing they think they need. In fact, when people who are not followers of Jesus think of church, many are suspicious at best and think the church is evil at worst. There's a radical individualism in our society, in our culture, and it believes that any faith tradition that restricts individual freedoms must be reshaped, deconstructed, or destroyed. We can no longer open our doors on Sunday morning and just expect people to join us because that's what you do on a Sunday morning. For the most part, that's just not happening. And so I say all that. We just need to know the culture we are living in. And this might sound like bad news, but let me reframe it as good news. This cultural landscape presents an opportunity for the church, for God's gathered people, an opportunity to live such distinct lives, to live as followers of Jesus who fully give themselves to him and his mission of making disciples. It's such a unique opportunity. And some people will reject us, and they'll reject our message. They rejected Jesus. But Jeff will talk about this in the last week. There will be some people who are people of peace, and they will want to know more about this Jesus. So we have the opportunity to prayerfully go into our community and world as sent people to join Jesus in his mission. As we begin this series, before we get to the practices of Jesus, again, we're going to look at some practices about how to engage our community and world. We need to begin with a fleshed out understanding of what it means to pursue life together with Jesus. So that's what we're going to be doing today. What does it mean to pursue life together with Jesus? And then in the next five weeks, we're going to look at specific practices as we train in living the way of Jesus. I've looked forward to this Sunday. Uh, for a couple months now. As we were planning this service and I knew this Sunday was going to be my Sunday, I was um, so thankful that I get to share this with you. What we're going to talk about has changed my life, as imperfect as I still am. It has changed my life. I, be- I-, I want to believe it can change yours and our churches as well. In fact, I was at a a leadership conference about a month ago, and at the end of the first session, the speaker said, He asked two questions. He said, what are you called to do and why does it matter? What are you called to do and why does it matter? And so I'm going to put a picture up. I just scribbled really fast as he asked that question as I sat uh, in the room. And I will read my chicken scratch for you. But this is how I answered, what are you called to do and why does it matter? I wrote, to help lead a church that practices the way of Jesus to see people formed in the way of Jesus, to create a community of followers of Jesus that seek to become like Jesus in every area of their life. This matters because reaching people to follow Jesus depends on people who give themselves fully to Jesus. I believe that with everything that I am, and that's what I'm called to do. I pray it's what our church is going after. So let me pray for us as we dig in this morning and, uh, and just ask God to help us understand this. God, we need you this morning. Would you teach us what it means to live life together with you? Lord, you're the teacher. Pray that you'd come to every seat in this room and explain that to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So hey, let me begin with a question as we get started here. 
question is, it's on your notes, it's what is a Christian? I'm going to give you maybe 15, 20 seconds just to write down your answer. How would you answer that question, what's a Christian? If I asked you all to share, we'd probably get hundreds of different answers. Gallup took a survey where they asked Americans the question, are you a Christian? To which approximately 76% of Americans self-identified as Christians. When they dug a little deeper, for most people, the word Christian meant they intellectually assented to something. They believed in the basic tenets of Christianity. They might go to church once in a while. The measurement they used was once a month. And you have some morals that define you as a good person. That, that's what they discovered, but primarily it was some sort of intellectual assent. For a number of years, I would have self-identified as a Christian based off of those characteristics I just listed. That's why I'm so passionate about this, because it's so much more than that. What we need to know, if this is how people are defining themselves as Christians, if this is how any of us are defining ourselves as Christians, then Jesus and the writers of the New Testament would be completely stumped by that. They'd be completely stumped. The word Christian is used in the Bible three times, as opposed to the word disciple, which is used 272 times. And each of the three times the word Christian is used, it's used to describe people living the way of Jesus. And I think what's happened in our society is there's a belief today that we can be Christians, but not disciples. And that means Christian has become a label we wear rather than a lifestyle we live. So to answer the question, what is a Christian? If you're following in your notes, a Christian is a disciple of Jesus. Disciple of Jesus, that word actually means student. So the next question we have to answer is what is a disciple? What's a disciple? Jeff said this last week, the mission of every church is to make disciples. So how we understand that word has huge implications for us and for our community and world. So if you're following in your notes, a disciple is a follower of Jesus who gives themselves fully to him and his mission. Jesus helps define what a disciple is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 23. Would you read that with me in the gray box in your notes? Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. First thing we see in this, you may just want to circle the words whoever. Whoever wants, I love this about Jesus. He never forces us into anything. It is always an invitation. And here it's clear, this invitation is not a passive acceptance that's just an intellectual thing. It's an invitation and it involves a deliberate decision to follow. 
If we dissect Luke chapter 9, verse 23, there are four lines. I'm going to put this on the screen. There's four lines that form a poetic term that the Bible uses. It's called a chiasm. You can see it there. It's an A-B-B-A form. And I'm going to leave that on the screen because I want to point out just a couple things. A and A, being a disciple and following Jesus belong together. They mean the same thing. Just like denying self and taking up the cross daily. Those go together. So to be a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. That's about as easy as I can say it. A disciple follows Jesus, and I love that follow is in the present tense, which means an ongoing process, which forces us to ask another question. What does follow Jesus mean? According to this verse, it means to deny ourselves, to identify with Jesus and take up his cross daily. If you're following in your notes, to say it another way, following Jesus is entering into a new way of life that is given character and shape by the one who calls us. It's a new way of living that is given character and shape by the one who calls us. It is a believing. It is an intellectual thing, but it is a becoming thing as well. It has to be both and. And so when we put all those definitions together, right, I think there's a word that captures what it means to be a Christian, to be a disciple, to follow Jesus. And the word that captures that, the best word I've found, is the word apprentice. If you're following in your notes, Dallas Willard, an author, professor, pastor, offers this definition of apprentice. An apprentice is a person who has decided to be with another person under appropriate conditions in order to learn to do what that person does or to become what that person is. That's what an apprentice is. We spend time with another person in order to learn what that person does or to become what that person is. That's discipleship. An apprentice might sound a little foreign to us. We don't use that word a ton anymore. But at one point, almost every trade and industry trained the next generation through apprenticeship. Many still do today. So apprentice might be new to us, and since it might be a new word, the next question I want to pose and then attempt to answer together is how do we apprentice Jesus? What, what in the world does that mean? To answer that, I want us to look at how Jesus invited and apprenticed his disciples. And I want to suggest to you that there were three goals that Jesus had in mind when he called his disciples. They were true for the first followers of Jesus. They're still true for us today. Number one, if you're following in your notes, we spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Um, some of you may have four, five, and six. Microsoft Word did something goofy when we went to print. I just say that so you don't think you're missing one, two, and three, and there's like a secret meeting behind the building at one o'clock. So just cross that out and put one, two, and three. First thing, we spend time with Jesus. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter three, verses 13 to 15, would you read this with me on the screen? 
Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. In verse 14, there's this little sentence tucked in there that says, Jesus called them that they might be with him. The first goal of apprenticeship is that we would be with Jesus. In Jesus' time, apprenticeship was a 24-7 invitation. You left your family and your home to be with your rabbi, your teacher. You would follow the rabbi all day, every day. In fact, there's this beautiful Hebrew blessing that they said to students of a rabbi. They would say, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi because you spent so much time with him and followed him so closely. If we are to be someone's apprentice, there's one essential condition. We have to be with that person. As a pastor, I hear this a lot. I'm struggling with knowing God. I don't feel like God is with me. I can't find him. I don't know if God is speaking to me. What is he saying? And when I push just a little bit on that question, and I ask the question, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you in his word or in prayer? The overwhelming majority say no. If we want to know him and apprentice him, we need to spend time with him. So let me ask you, how are you doing at spending time with Jesus? Do you carve out time to be with him? In his word, in prayer, in silence, in solitude, in community. We've got to be intentional about this. We don't just slip into it. I would even suggest putting it in your calendar so it's scheduled. If you're following in your notes, we must intentionally make time to meet with the Lord. Many of you already do this, and I just encourage you to keep going. But if you do not have this habit or practice, can I encourage you to begin that? Begin it today. As apprentices, we spend time with Jesus so that we can move into the second goal of apprenticeship. If you're following in your notes, we become like Jesus. We become like Jesus. In Luke chapter 6, verse 40, I want to put this on the screen. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says this, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. The goal of discipleship, friends, is it isn't just to spend time with Jesus, and it's not just head knowledge. The second goal is to become like him, to learn to imitate the way he thought, the way he spoke, the way he lived. The goal was to emulate your rabbi's way of life. Now, I admit, this gets a little tricky uh, because Jesus was not only a teacher and a rabbi, he was the son of God. He was Messiah. He was the Savior who gave his life on a cross and rose from the dead three days later. So we can't become just like Jesus, but we can learn his way of life. And so I'm going to put a quote on the screen for you. I wanted to share this so that you could read it as I read it. And I'm going to read it slowly because it's a bit wordy. 
But I think this is so important for us to get as we become like Jesus. This says, as a disciple of Jesus, I am with him by choice and by grace, learning from him how to live life in the kingdom of God. This is the crucial idea. I am learning from Jesus to live my life as he would live my life if he were I. I am not necessarily learning to do everything he did, but I am learning how to do everything I do in the manner that he did all that he did. And what that means, friends, what it means is as we spend time with Jesus in his word, our goal is not just to know the Bible better. It is vital that we know God's word. He has the words of life. We want to be a Bible-based church. But as we spend time with Jesus in his word and in prayer and other practices, if we are not being shaped into his likeness, then we are missing the point of spending time with him. And here's a real practical, I just, this is, the, God brought this to my attention this week. As we spend time with Jesus in his word, we do the same thing the disciples did. I miss this when I read the gospels, but the disciples were always watching Jesus, how he did things. And so just as the disciples watch Jesus, when we spend time with him in his word, we watch. How did he pray? How did he teach? How did he get up early in the morning to spend time with the Father? How did he heal people? How did he treat enemies? How did he interact with those far from God? How did he love outsiders? How did he bless children? How did he treat women different than the culture around him and elevate their status? How did he practice Sabbath? How did he study God's word? They were always with Jesus, watching Jesus, because the goal of being an apprentice was to spend time with Jesus so that they could become like Jesus. Just like the first disciples, as we become like Jesus, if you're following in your notes, we humbly grow in the words and way of Jesus. It's a both and. We grow in the words and way of Jesus. We spend time with our rabbi to become like our rabbi, which leads to the third goal of apprenticeship to Jesus, which is, if you're following in your notes, do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. This is so cool, and I'm so excited to talk about this third point with you. Apprentices carry on their master's work. I talked with a couple people this week about apprenticeship. One's my friend Nate. He's in a three-year lineman apprenticeship program with Amarin. And as we went back and forth through some text messages about apprenticeship, uh, he would say the goal of an apprentice who is a lineman is not to know everything there is to know about electricity. That is vital and important, but the goal is to be able to do what your mentors taught you to do. And at the end of this three-year apprenticeship, there's an expectation that Nate will be able to do the work of a lineman. And I'm guessing then be able to pass that on to somebody else. 
I talked to my friend Jenny, who is a hairstylist, and we talked about apprenticing in learning how to style hair, and what she said is the goal isn't to learn everything there is to styling hair. That's really important and vital. The goal is to become a stylist. Do you see the difference? So as apprentices to Jesus, our ultimate goal is to do what Jesus did. We carry on the work of making disciples. This is the pattern we see in the Gospels. Jesus had an expectation. I love that word. He had an expectation that his followers would spend time with him, they would learn to be like him, and then they would go out and do what he did. And we even see this play out on several occasions, right? Jesus sent the disciples out to drive out impure spirits and heal sickness. He sent them out to proclaim the good news and teach the way of Jesus and invite others into apprenticeship. He practiced this with them. He taught them this way. For three years, he taught them this way. And then after he was crucified and rose from the dead, 40 days later, he left them with these final instructions in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. I want to read this on the screen. This is what he said to his disciples. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' expectation and our goal as an apprentice of Jesus is not just to know all about Jesus, but it's actually to grow and mature to the place where we have the capacity to join Jesus in his kingdom work. The goal is to join him in his mission of making disciples. And what that means, if you're following in your notes, is we prayerfully go into our community and world as sent people to join Jesus in his mission. This is how we see ourselves as sent people. So the answer to the question, how do we apprentice Jesus? What does it mean to apprentice Jesus? We spend time with Jesus so that we can become like Jesus, so that we can do what Jesus did. So I want to finish our time together this morning talking about how do, how, what's that look like? How do we do that, right? This sounds good. Yes, I can get behind that. I understand what it means to follow Jesus. But what are some nuts and bolts and practicals in how to do this? So I want to share just a couple things with us that I think will help us as we pursue this invitation we've been given. First, if you're following in your notes, it's a lifetime process. It's a lifetime process. In this digital age we live in, we want instant transformation. But apprenticing Jesus doesn't work that way. It's why our mission statement doesn't say grown disciples who make disciples. It says growing disciples who make disciples. Because we'll never reach perfection. We'll never reach perfection, but as we spend time with Jesus, the Bible calls this abiding, as we abide with him and let his word influence us, then the Holy Spirit, who every believer is given the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus lives in us when we follow him, the Holy Spirit can begin an inside-out transformation 
And over time, in his presence, our inner life can be transformed and will become the kind of people for whom his course of action becomes our natural course of action. That really can happen. But we need to know this side of heaven. We're going to mess up. We are going to fail. We're going to feel like failures. We're going to be discouraged. The disciples did as well. And when that happens, we don't give up. We don't guilt and shame ourselves. We fall on his grace, and we keep following him. It's a lifetime process. Second thing we need to know if we want to pursue this invitation of apprenticing Jesus, if you're following in your notes, the context of apprenticing Jesus is our everyday life. That's the context. What happens is many times we think our times of growing in Christ uh, are limited to when we are part of a Bible study or when we are praying, or when we come to church, or when we're in a small group. And listen, those times are so important to growing as an apprentice. But if we restrict our discipleship to special religious times, then the majority of our waking hours will be isolated from the presence of God in our life. I love uh, what my buddy Nate texted me. Uh, He said, occasionally I'll go to week-long classes but most of the training is on the job. Most of our apprenticing Jesus will be on the job training. So what that means is every encounter, friends, if we could just get this, every encounter in life, our family, our friends, our neighbors, the talents we're given, the opportunities we're presented with, our jobs, oh my goodness, our jobs, our kids, all of life is an opportunity to apprentice Jesus and live our life as if he were me. Oh my goodness. If we could begin to see our lives this way, we might be surprised to see how our little actions, what we consider little, could swell into kingdom significance. As we enter this series, the habits we're going to invite you into are built into your everyday life because that's where apprenticing Jesus takes place. Third, last thing we need to know about uh, what we need to know about apprenticeship is we enter into this invitation. If you're following in your notes, we train with specific practices and habits. We train right? This is where Yoda was right, right? He told Luke Skywalker, do or do not, there is no try. And I used to think the way to grow as a disciple of Jesus was just try harder. But trying harder is not usually the answer to most things I want to accomplish. It's by training and practicing and forming habits. Let me give you just a couple of examples. Running, Running is a discipline. If you want to run a marathon, you don't start by running 26 miles. You'd get to mile three and you would collapse. It doesn't matter if I'm standing next to you saying, keep going, try harder. The Holy Spirit lives in you. (laughs) You couldn't do it. You've got to begin with training and practice and forming habits. You start small and you get stronger. That's what discipline or practice or training does. 
Another example, my 13-year-old uh, plays the piano. In my unbiased opinion, he's really good. But if I were to put Beethoven's Fifth Symphony in front of him and ask him to play it perfectly, there's no way that would happen. It would take time. He would need to study with a mentor, which is what he does with Michelle. He would need to take it in small sections, focusing on one habit or practice at a time. And over time, he would get better at that piece. Maybe never perfect, but certainly more proficient. And it would become more natural for him to play that song. But trying harder, sitting at the piano and just trying harder isn't going to make it happen. The same is true with following Jesus. We train. We need to train in spending time with him. We need to train in gathering with others. In this room, when we gather on Sunday mornings, we're training. When we gather throughout the weekend, smaller groups, we're training. We need to train in noticing how Jesus lived his life and applying that to our lives in order to become more like him. And we train in doing the things Jesus did. But here's what I notice about myself. I want a particular way of life. I just don't want to train for it. Right? I want to be in shape, but I don't want to give myself to working out or eating right. Right? I want to know more about a subject, but I don't really want to read about it. I bought this guitar 17 years ago. (laughs) I don't even know how to tune it. I bought it because I want to be a guitar player. But I remember 17 years ago thinking, I don't really want to practice becoming a guitar player. I just want to play it. And this is what we've got to know, right? We are the culmination of our habits. Who we are right now, this morning, is a culmination of the habits we've instilled in our lives. Listen, this is so important. Our habits are perfectly designed to give us the results we're getting. Our habits are perfectly designed to give us the results we're getting. So if we want to be people who see every generation give themselves fully to Jesus and his mission, then we need to train in the ways of Jesus. It's not just going to happen, and we can't just try harder. That's what the rest of this series is about. Over the next five weeks, we're going to invite you into some practices that we see in the life of Jesus in order that we might join Jesus in his mission in this world of making disciples. To assist with that, I want to invite you to take out the journals that were on your seats when you came in this morning. Just so you're aware... Kids down the hall and downstairs will be bringing their own kids' journals home today. Middle schoolers will receive their journals on Wednesday night. Again, this is such a great opportunity to practice this as a family. These journals follow the series, and each week they're going to ask you a question that you can process each day. Even if you're not a journaler, right? Even if you're sitting there and you're like, this is beautiful. I have no intention to use it. (laughs) Can I challenge you? Can, Can I challenge you that over the next five weeks, you would use this journal 
and just see what God wants to do. Here's my conviction. We're all better students when we take notes. Writing things down forces us to stop and process something we don't often want to do or have time to do. And writing things down and processing leads to a deeper understanding. It's a way to see these everyday ordinary events through kingdom eyes. So this first week, I'm going to have you turn five pages in. I've put a picture on the screen so you can see where we are. It's the page that is labeled September 16th and 17th up in the corner. The question this week, you can see that on your page, is what did you learn from Jesus today that is inspiring you to live more like him? Notice that's not just a question to gather information, but it's a becoming question. What inspired you today to become more like him? And to spend time with Jesus, to learn from Jesus, I want to invite you to read the gospel accounts of Jesus over the next six weeks. If you turn your notes over, we've put a listing of gospel readings in 2019. We provided a reading plan for the church that takes us through the Bible. And I can't make this up. This is so cool. I can't make this up. This is the week in the reading plan where we get to the Gospels. I can't make that up. It's like God's just telling you, start reading the Gospels this week. I want to invite you. Join us in reading that and then answer that question. What stood out to you? and is inspiring you to live more like him. If we want to apprentice Jesus, we're going to have to practice and form some habits in our lives. And since the first goal of apprenticing is spending time with Jesus, this is where we begin. So the question I want to leave us with, if you're following on your notes, is will I apprentice Jesus? Will I apprentice Jesus? Friends, I just want you all to know you are invited to follow Jesus. The opportunity to be a follower of Jesus is the greatest opportunity extended to a human being. I want to invite you today to live as a disciple of Jesus in the reality of his kingdom. First and foremost, what that means is that you can experience the forgiveness of sin in your life and being made right with God. But salvation is so much more than the transaction that happens when we place our trust in Jesus. It includes eternal salvation, but it's more comprehensive than that. It is entering into a new way of life right here, right now. So I invite you today to apprentice Jesus. For some of you, this will be the day where you follow Jesus for the first time. For some in this room, this will be a day where you reverse the order of your relationship with Jesus. Perhaps you've self-identified as a Christian, but if you're honest, it's been more about Jesus following you than you following Jesus. Your apprenticeship to Jesus can begin today. And for those already apprenticing Jesus, I just, I remind you, it is a lifelong process. Recommit to spending time with Jesus, to become like Jesus, so that you can do what Jesus did and join him in his mission. We're all invited, wherever you are. 
you are invited today to apprentice Jesus. And in response to that invitation, we're gonna sing a song together. And if you can sing these words, let these be words of acceptance that I'm gonna follow. Beginning today, I'm gonna follow. This is my decision to follow Jesus. So I'm gonna invite you to stand as we sing these words. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information or to stay connected to Cherry Hills Church, please visit our website at cherryhillsfamily.org or follow us on Facebook.